0: Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. Well, good morning, good morning. If I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, my name is Sean, and I'm the lead pastor here at Northeast Community Church. And I'm really grateful for your presence here this morning. Quick, quick show of hands, quick show of hands. How many of you guys would love to have the peace of God? In your life, you can show your hands. Oh, amen, amen. Keep your hands up if you would love to have His Word dwell richly in your spirit, so that you can understand what He's doing and who He's, how He's speaking to you. Amen. I I think that's majority in the room, so I'm in the right place this morning. I see that I'm in the right place this morning, and uh, we have been in a series uh, talking about um, vision vision. First we started out, it's called Outlook. First we started out talking about how we should view God and how we wrongly view God so often. Then we talked about how we should view ourselves and how, guess what, we wrongly view ourselves as well. And then last week we talked about how we should view the world based upon the way that God views the world. And we use that big nasty word in Christian circles, evangelism, (laughs) right? Like if we have the good news, why Uh, We should be going out and sharing that news with others. The Great Commission says, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. But I'm really cognitive and I I have the understanding that um, we can't effectively go out and make disciples if we're not growing ourselves if we're not growing ourselves. And as a matter of fact, it's going to sound real cheesy, but it's the best I got. I came up with it on a short notice. If I had a marketing team, I would have made it sound a whole lot better. But we have to grow before we go. We have to grow before we go. And I know it's cheesy. It's going to stick in your head, though. You're going to remember that. You're going to remember that. But we have to grow before we go. And so in 2020, we are purposed as a church to really focus on what does it take to grow? What does growth look like? What does maturity look like in the life believers. And so this year we're going to have a series where we're going to talk about spiritual uh, disciplines and growth. We're also going to talk about spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about life after death based upon perspectives that we should have and how we should live because you're designed to grow. You're designed to grow. You don't have to go any further than science to understand this. When a baby comes out, And it's been three, four, five weeks. Mamas, you know this. The doctor, when you take the baby to the doctor, the primary thing that they want to know is how is the baby growing. Right? You're designed to grow. And as you get older, you start growing in different ways. Right? Outwards maybe for some of us. And, you know, um, I lost 15 pounds, y'all. Amen. Hey, Hey, well done. I went to the doctor. I got on that scale. I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, who is this? I began to grow. Uh, but we want to be able to stand before God, and we want you to be able to stand before God and truly say, I have fought the good fight. I finished my course. I've run my race according to the way that I am supposed to run my race. And so on this series, we've been in Colossians chapter 1. We've been in Colossians chapter 2. And if you're following and tracking, you, I bet you know where we're going today, Colossians chapter Y'all all all paid attention in school. Amen. So if you have a Bible, meet me at Colossians chapter three. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and we'll have someone bring you out a copy of Scripture. And like I said, these sermons are designed to help us grow, to help us live on mission. Um, And are you ready, church? Are you ready to grow? Are you ready to do what God has called you to do? And so I'm not saying that I'm an authoritative figure uh, on church growth and people growth and all of that kind of stuff. But I do believe what the Bible says. And so you don't have to take my word for it. Let's get into the word. And if you have a Bible, maybe me at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And we're going to take a big chunk of Colossians. We're just going to go through the, this is going to be just expository. We're going to go through the scripture line by line, and we're going to grow and we're going to learn. And in this, today, this is not a sum total of all you need to grow, but in Colossians chapter 3, I found five imperatives, five imperatives in order for us to grow, in order for us to see our lives and others' lives the way that God sees them. Colossians chapter 1, and it reads, If, I love when I start a chapter with if. If, then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And so the apostle is writing to the church, and he's challenging them, if you will, with this imperative. He's saying, if you're in Christ, you need to be doing certain things. Amen? Did we just read that together? And it says in chapter 2, I mean, verse 2, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And we're going to be started talking about sexual immorality a little bit next week as as well, in the next couple of weeks. So um, I want to urge you. I know some people bring their kids into the room. If your child, you don't think they're ready to hear the sex talk, then maybe you can uh, let them go into children's church. But I know some of our kids can teach us a little bit about sex. Amen? (laughs) The internet is. Here there is no Greek, Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thank you, God, so much for your word. But like I said, if we read these passages, we find five imperatives, five imperatives. I don't have slides today, so if you take notes, you should mark in your Bible on your phone app. The first thing that we need to do in order for us to get to that place of peace in God and having the right understanding and the right perspective that God wants us to have is to seek, is to seek. Going back to Colossians uh, 1, I mean, three, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. These allergies are really doing a number on me today, y'all. Forgive me. If then you have been raised with Christ, it said seek. If you have been raised with Christ, you need, to seek. Our problem is some of us are tired of seeking. This is not the only place in the Bible, in the text that we see that we should be seeking. The Bible tells us to seek ye first, the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. The Bible also says when we go to God in prayer, we should ask him, we should seek, and we should knock, the Bible teaches. It's an acronym, A-S-K, ask, seek, and knock. That's pretty cool, huh? Amen. God is constantly telling us, to seek. But some of us are tired of seeking, and some of us don't want to seek because we know when we seek, some stuff will be revealed to us. I love, I learned so much about God in parenting children, parents in the room who have kids old enough to go in your day room and find something. You know this to be true. You tell your child to go in that room and find something. They in there 45 minutes, and they ain't found nothing. You go towards the door. You ain't even got to be fully in the room. You identify what they were looking for before you even step foot in the room. They've been in 45 minutes just walking in circles. (laughs) Just ADHD, ain't got no attention span, touching stuff. And you go, you found it yet? They go, no. I said, there's your shoe right there. (laughs) Why could you not find the shoe? Why are you so distracted? Why are you so caught up in all of these things? And I think inside of us, that is our challenge. I think God is sitting up in heaven a lot of times. He's asking us to seek, and we're just walking around just distracted with stuff. Need a new job. I need a new car. I need a new boyfriend. I need a new girlfriend. I need to do this. I need to do that. I want to do stuff in my life that God ain't never told me I'm supposed to be doing. And we are so distracted with stuff that we forget to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness. We forget to seek. And he's asking us to seek because he's trying to give us a heavenly perspective. He's trying to show us what God's stance is on certain things in our lives. And we're trying to figure things out on our own. And God says, no, 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 first you need to seek. And those who should seek are those who have been uh, been raised with Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, you should be a seeker. That's why I have. Uh, 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 a problem with people who talk about seeker-sensitive churches. We all should be seeking. We all should be trying to grow. We all should be trying to learn. We should all be trying to mature. I can walk up to anybody in the room right now and talk about politics, talk about sports, talk about anything, and I guarantee you within 13 seconds out of your mouth will come your opinion. But oftentimes, does that opinion align with God's opinion? So we should be seeking a heavenly perspective. This is the thing about life. Life comes our way and obstacles comes to challenge us. But oftentimes we are thinking earthly and that obstacle is right before us. And God wants us to elevate so that we can see above the thing from his perspective. A mature believer has a perspective that's different than an immature believer. And many of us have been walking around in the wilderness of our lives many, many times and not finding what God is trying to tell us to do. And I told you all this before. God is not like the current United States education system. If you are 44 years old and in the first grade, that is okay with God. Walk around another time. Take another lap. He's not going to force you to be mature. He's not going to force you to have a different perspective. And that's why he's telling us to seek. We are all lifelong learners. That's what discipleship means. We are lifelong learners. But we don't figure it out. And God is saying that we should seek. Amen? He says, Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Oh my goodness. If you're in Christ and Christ is seated at the right hand of God, then where am I seated? In heavenly places with Him. And so if I'm seated in heavenly places, why am I acting earthly? Is what Paul is speaking about. If I'm seated in heavenly places, why am I acting beneath my position? We talked about that a few weeks ago. Why am I acting like someone who don't know Jesus? Yeah. It's not dignified. I use the example. I'm a pastor. And I if I was coming in here, y'all remember it? I, I made some of y'all cringe a little bit. And I'm in here and I just roll up a blunt and I start. <laughs> With the little rings. Y'all be like, pastor is wild. He is not holding position of a pastor here in church. He gonna really just sit up here and smoke that jerk in front of us. Right? No one says jerk anymore. Y'all, I'm just old. Whatever you're smoking, it ain't right for the pastor to be up in there high. Right? It wouldn't be right. Or drunk, up here just slurring, hey, brother, (laughs) trying to shake your hand like this. You'd be like, that that just looks wrong. But the way that the reason that the world, I believe, is the way that it is, and I won't even say the whole world because the world runs away from God. The reason that your circle of influences, the people that you can influence or the way that they are sometimes is because you're not being what God has called you to be. You're not standing out. They don't see Christ in you, so why should they want to approach God? I'm going to move off of seeking because I know so I, I'm, I'm looking. I got my glasses on today. Some of y'all are looking at me sideways. I'm going to keep moving. I didn't drive my car today, so y'all key Reagan's car. Amen. <laughs> and in verse 2, we see the second imperative. Once you have sought God or got into the place of continuously seeking God, He says, set your minds on the things above, not on the things on earth. So, the second thing that we need to do is we seek, then we set. We seek, then we set. What are we setting? Our minds on the things that are above. He's asking us believers to think heavenly thoughts. That takes a renewing of our minds. I can tell you, I have a whole lot of carnal earthly thoughts all day, every day. And God is saying, once you sought me, set your mind on things that are in heaven. Allow me to reach down into your mind and change the way that you think. And some of us be like, Man, that don't sound appealing to me. I want to think the way I want to think. That's your problem. You're rebellious. Because God's thoughts are above our thoughts. God's ways are above our ways. And if we believe that God is God and he is perfect, we should want to think like him anyway. But it messes with our sensibilities. It challenges the way that we walk. It challenges the way that we feel. It challenges the things that we get to do. And God is saying, no, no, no. Set your mind on things that are above. Change your perspective. Settle in your mind that you are in Christ. And you and Christ are interconnected. Yeah. Set your mind on the things above, because you're seated in heavenly places. Think like you would think if you were Christ. You're seated in heavenly places, and then this is where a lot of us are challenged. I had another note now. I don't even know. How to, I don't know what that means. It's bad when you can't read your own handwriting. That's probably the Lord telling me, don't say it, Sean. You get yourself in trouble when you say stuff. (laughs) Verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden in Christ and God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Watch this. The third thing that we need to do. We need to put to death. Therefore, what is earthly and then put is compound because there's a lot of stuff he's going to talk about putting for the next few chapters. I mean, the next few verses. First, we need to put to death what is earthly in you. The King James said, mortify the deeds of the flesh. I like the way the King James said that, mortify the deeds of the flesh. It sounds like you're doing something. (laughs) Right? And we know that we can't kill our flesh, but what he's really saying is deprive it of power in your life. We are so so captivated and trying to try trying to just be me, yes. and this is just the way that I am, and this is the way, and this is just the way things go, and this is the way of the world, and that's why the world won't change because we're so familiar with the world and we want to stay with the world. That the hard things that God would call us to do and what God would call us to walk away from, we don't want to walk away from. We act like our, we act like our kids I, again. Like I said, I learned so much. In parenting when you tell one kid to not do something, well they ain't gotta do it. <laughs> Ask the prodigal son. Yeah. I'm sitting here with I'm sitting up here with you and all this stuff. He'd have ran off and did all this stuff and and I'm sitting up here bitter and angry. Some of us still walk in sin because we see other people walking in sin, and we know we were convicted in our hearts when God first spoke to you about it, but then you saw other believers who you thought were mature doing the same thing, and then you just slid down that slippery slope with them, and now y'all are two crabs in a bucket and can't get out of it. And even if it wasn't sin to them, it might have been sin to you. And God said, if you sin against your own conscience, I told you not to do it. I don't care if it's not written in the book. I told you not to do it. Some of us, there are good things that we put above God and God will place on your heart to give that thing up. And you'll be like, well, 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 well don't say no in the Bible. I can't play tennis. <laughs> but you were loving tennis more than you were loving God. And God told him, no, 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 you can't play tennis no more. I had a friend who loved airplanes, bought an airplane, would fly an airplane. And God told him, you loving that airplane too much, stop flying that airplane. Now, you know, he rationalized. Well, God, you know, people be needing new fly places. I can take them. And, and then don't reason with God. God said it was too much. You were putting it above him. It became an idol in your life. So put that thing to death. Watch this. He said, put to death the earthly things that are in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, which is, by the way, worship.'" Some of us are worshiping these things. Worship, idolatry is putting anything that's not God above God. So your passion could be idolatrous. Some parents in the room, you're passionate about your kids. You put your kids above God. Some people in relationships, you put your spouse or your relationship above God. You're passionate about that thing. It becomes an idol. You're living down here and God wants you to be living up here in heavenly places, in that realm that cannot be seen that's even more real than this realm. And we spend so much time investing in this realm, and God is on the outside of our lives, and God is saying, no, 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 you need to seek me. You need to set your priorities, and you need to put off these things. Am I talking to anybody today? (laughs) Amen, brother. I'm going to have you walk around with me. I love this. I love this. (laughs) On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now. You must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Oh, I circled obscene mouth, obscene talk out of our mouth, because some of us think that obscene talk is just cussing. Mm-hmm. Go up there by the water cooler. When we let our hair down, we ain't around church folk no more. We say stuff, you know, you say stuff. Mm-hmm. Just cause they said it on the song don't mean you need to say it. I just like the beat, but you singing the lyrics. I know I'm stepping on a lot of toes this morning. I step on my own toes. I be I be jamming sometime. You a song that you love, you be like, hey, did he just say what I thought he said? <laughs> Forgot about that. Don't get me on the 80s radio station. Oh, Lord, Jesus, I'll be in there jamming. And I'm like, I never knew he said that. <laughs> you got you to gotta edit yourself. You got to sing the radio edit. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> but you have to put off. Here's the reason that you have to put those things off so that you can put new things on. He says, put on, put these things off. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. And that even consider, that's even considered the things that you use on your cell phone or on your computer. Just because you typed it don't make it make it no less obscene. <laughs> Just because you typed it, don't make you a no less bitter. Sometimes you're even more bitter behind the computer screen because you ain't communicating with the person. You say, I oh, de- <laughs> God. Blah 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 I've never seen nothing like this in my life the way that we act on social media we be dry snitching on social media, saying stuff about somebody else, and ain't nobody else even paying attention because nobody liked your post anyway. But you know the person going to see your post, and they say something, you be like, oh, you talking about me? You throwing shots? You throwing slugs? Okay. I got some memes, too. (laughs) And we meme-beefing, beefing with memes. That's just crazy. Here's, a, here, 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 here's, a, here, here, here's an example of what you should do when you interact on social media. And I use social media a lot because this is why I see people really lay their hair down because they think it's not real life. It's just virtual. I ain't hurt nobody. Like, it, it's okay to be a troll on social media and Jesus watching every last one of those words you typing. And so when you're going to post something on social media, sit, pray about it for five minutes before you hit sin. I guarantee you, a lot of y'all ain't posting nothing. Except if you love Jesus for this 15 people. <laughs> Do not lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Oh, my goodness. If you want to understand the peace of God, if you want to understand what God is richly speaking to you, listen, you can't sit and walk with your old self. You can't walk with your old buddies. You can't do some of the stuff that you used to do and expect to hear God. It's not that God is mad at you. If you're a believer, it's not that he's turned his back on you. But you can't expect to hear the holy God if you're out here living ratchet. It's just the reality of the situation. And we get stuck in this cycle. and say, God don't want to speak to me. No way. God loves to speak to you. But you got to wear certain clothes to hear God. Aid to the man. A lot of times we, 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 we hear God when we're out there ratchet because God is telling you, stop. Don't touch that. Don't do that. You know, I'm really struggling now because we have all adult kids now. I'm going to have to sit down with Stan one day and just talk about Jeanette. Who has got adult kids? Brother. I'm going to sit down and hey, y'all, help, help help. I'm going to take some notes. Right? It's not that my kids are bad. I love all y'all boo boos. But I have to transition from coddling my kids and doing things for my kids to, like, now they have to be able to make their own decisions, bad decisions or not. I catch myself all the time trying to take cell phones. I'm like, they grow, and I'm going to take their cell phones. <laughs> Telling kids to go to their room, 24 years old, go to your room. My house. Hey, It's challenging. It's challenging. And God is trying to grow some of us up. Because when they were younger, I coddled. Stop doing that. Don't do this. Go here. No, go there. Go do this. Go do that. Go do that. And then sometimes you just got to bag up because you need them to grow. And sometimes God is not speaking to us the way that he used to speak to us because some of us are only hearing God say, stop, no, don't, don't, don't. God is trying to grow us to get his mind so God will just step back. You want to go out there? Go out there and do that. I highly recommend against it. If you want any of, uh, of my advice, Come back and get it, but I highly recommend that you don't do that. And we know like kids, because we were once 18, 19 years old, mom and daddy, they, 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 the times have changed. Yeah. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. And big Mom and them had seen it all before. Just a different, it just had a different outfit on. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Just had a different outfit on. Big mama used to always say, she say, she say, listen, don't you be out there all the time of night with that little gal. Because you know ain't nothing open that time of night but legs and hospitals. <laughs> then you trying to live for God, and you out there, we just Netflixing and chilling. The song come on, boom, 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 boom. I know y'all listen to Barry Wright, but that's what came on, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and then you listen to Britney Spears, oops, I did it again. And grandma said, come on, baby, I told you. Grandma done been through it. How do you think you got here? Grandma done been through it. <laughs> I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> and I put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the after the image of the creator. This is what I want, y'all. This is what I want for y'all. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all in and all. listen, when we're in the kingdom of God, we have all these divisions don't matter. Amen. I expect the world to divide over all this stuff, but I, I, I don't expect it in the church. I don't expect it in the church. All the allegiances that we have. I voted for this person. I, I, I do this. I went to this school. This is my like. It's like, why are we dividing over all this stuff? And now, now, I'm not saying that we don't have disagreements, but why are we allowing it to tear us apart? And in front of the world. I don't get it because we're all supposed to be living and walking towards God. And so we put off. So that we can put on. And what are we putting on? Verse 12, put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as God has forgiven you. So you must forgive. Now, listen, reading verses 12 and 13. Every believer in the room said, oh, Lord, that's so tough. Because you're trying to do it with old clothes on. You're trying to do it with old clothes on. These things only come when you allow God into your heart and allow him to begin to persuade and move you. And listen, he's calling a lot of us in this room to be leaders in our circles of influence. And to lead is a lonely walk. Everybody ain't going to understand you. Oh, to stand out and be different. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, listen. Listen. Everybody who's ever made an impact, whoever's made a change, people didn't like them because they were just raining. on their pre- I was just talking. To, who was I talking to this morning about that? I was talking to somebody about that this morning. <laughs> you have been around family members or friends and you ain't even said nothing. But just your presence just blows they high. Look at him sitting there trying to judge somebody. He think he all that in the back. I just said, hi, I, well, how do we get all? How do we get here? I just said, hey. The way you said, hey, it was just so condescending. (laughs) I'm going to text you, hey, next time. (laughs) Right? But God is calling us to lead the charge. Think about it for a second. Who's ever innovated anything and didn't go through scrutiny? Who's ever made a change in the world? I mean, lasting changes in the world who didn't go through nothing. Think about that for a second. People are like, you can't do that. I was re- watching this video the other day. This man was saying, I didn't go research it, but I'm going to tell the story anyway before I research it. This man was saying that the day before the Wright brothers took flight, somebody else wrote a scientific, in a scientific journal that uh, you could not fly on air because were, the stuff was too heavy. The day before they took off. And they said, the science is going, that, you can't do that. And they were like, watch me. As they say on the internet, hold my beer. <laughs> Think about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Like, literally, I remember when Amazon first came out way back in the day, it was, I thought it was just going to be the next little Craigslist. I remember one when that what, what was it at the time? It was uh, 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 eBay. eBay. I ain't nothing but a little eBay. A little eBay. Now, who don't do use Amazon today? They bring it right to your crib. They talking about having drones bring it to your house. They said Jeff Bresos was crazy. He, he even has a quote. He says that if you want to make lasting impact, you got to be willing for people to think you crazy for a long time. Think about Dr. Martin Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> we act like now that he's been dead for all these years that everybody loved Dr. Black folks hated him. White folks hated him. They killed the man. But who, who would talk about, who would talk bad about Martin Luther King nowadays? Boy, you get lynched. No, don't nobody better say nothing about Martin Luther King. People who have changed the world have stood on our side. Oh, you want me to go further? Jesus, Jesus. The son of God walking on earth. Oh, they loved him while he was feeding the multitudes and healing their little, uh, they little uh, diseases. But the moment he starts saying stuff like, man, if you're going to follow me, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Oh, Lord, he crazy. <laughs> the Bible says in John 6, that they all turned away because they couldn't follow him no more. And then they murdered him. They killed him. A man who did no wrong. If you think Jesus ain't going to be the most misunderstood person ever is Jesus. Do you think he, if he had to go through it, you're going to go through it. Second rabbit trail, I'm off my soapbox. But in order to walk in these ways, we have to be able to put on these things. We have to put some stuff on. Verse 14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Watch this. After we've sought or seek, after we've set, after we put things to death and put stuff off and put stuff on, watch this. I saw this the other day, and I started shouting all in my little room. They probably thought I was crazy. Ah! Jesus! <laughs> Once you've done those things, watch this. It says you've done those things. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. When you've done those things, you ain't got to strive no more. When you do those things, all you got to do is allow God's peace to dwell in your hearts when you seek. Him. When you set your mind, when you put things off and put things on, it's like you're ready now. It says let the peace of Christ rule. Anybody need peace in your life? Anybody need peace to rule? See, sometimes we just want peace for the situation to move. No, I need peace to rule in my life. And that word let and rule are actually the same word. It infers uh, an umpire. Let peace be the judge. When you're going through situations and circumstances, you say, Let peace be the judge. Not just your peace, the peace of Christ. Allowed to rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Here's the thing He said, You were called to this. This is what I called you for. It's like unfathomable. That's why we can look at and we. We can look at these pe- people in places all across the world that are being persecuted and they have so much peace because they ain't playing with it. They're not playing with it. I know most of the people in the room, you've seen the video of the people smuggling the Bibles into China and them getting them Bibles and they smelling them and they crying and they, they, they turning the page because they never had the word of God. Now, we got the word of God everywhere. We got it on our phone. We got books. We got it on our iPad. They're not playing with it. It says, once you get to that place, you're gonna allow it to dwell in you. And it says, and be thankful. And then watch this. It says, let again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. I don't I mean I just read the Bible. I don't understand none of this stuff because the Holy Spirit is trying to talk through all that junk in your life. Let it dwell in you richly. I don't know exactly to articulate this but I want it the word to dwell in me richly well I'm connected with God in a way that the word is constantly teaching and admonishing me and so that I can teach and admonish another with all wisdom singing psalms hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in my heart this is what God wants for us. He wants us to grow to this place. If we see Christians like this right now, we think they're extraordinary. Like, oh, man, he just, he just something different. He wants it for all of us. He wants it for all of us. But it's a process. It's a process. And when we get to that place where we allow it, when we let it dwell in us, the last thing, And whatever you do, whatever you do, you have to have the purpose of doing it in order to get it. When they say begin with the end in mind, to visualize the end, it's about vision. I need to know that I'm getting these things so I can do some things. Not just so God can just whisper sweet nothings in my ear. No, God is doing this for you so that you can do some things. So that you can be actively involved in some things. So that you can take action. And whatever you do in word and deed, word and deed. So whatever you do in all you do. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God, the father through him. You want to get you want God to get glory out of your life. You got to do everything as unto him. There's an old monk who writes about practicing the presence of God. You washing dishes, you doing it as unto the Lord. Lord, I'm so grateful that I have dishes. I'm grateful that I have dishwashing liquid to wash this dish. I'm grateful that I have food on this place that I got to rinse off of this dish. And Lord, I'm going to make this dish spotless because it came from you. See, we don't do things as unto the Lord. I ain't got to go as far as where you're going tomorrow morning. Showing up 24 minutes late, sliding in, act like you've been there the whole time, clocking in like you've been there the whole time. I know I ain't talking to nobody in this room, but you know what I'm saying. People do that. Doing just enough to get the paycheck, the CTC, collect the check. Wonder why you keep looking, being looked over, man. Well, Sally ain't no better than me. I should have got that supervisor job. But maybe Sally's doing it as unto somebody. We act like we deserve some things in life. No, do it as unto the Lord. In all that you do, as unto the Lord. So when you post posting on the Internet, I got circling circle back around there, yeah. as unto the Lord. When you have a discussion with your spouse, <laughs> as unto the Lord. Children, when you're talking to your parents, <laughs> as unto the Lord. <laughs> parents, when you're talking to your children, mm-hmm, we think we, I'm grown, I talk to you the way I want you. I brought you in, i take you out. <laughs> Would you talk to Jesus like that? In traffic, <laughs> as unto the Lord. People will start thinking you're crazy. You one not them crazy Christians. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I am. I'm fanatical cool. about Jesus. Some of y'all going to be forget, fanatical tonight after these 49ers and these Chiefs. Fanatical. I'm going to get in the blows behind it. Don't you talk about Patrick Mahomes? You don't even know him. All right, I'm through. One more thing, though. You know what was really impactful to me this week? When I saw the outpouring of love for Kobe Bryant, I posted a couple of times on social media about this, right? Um, he impacted people's lives so greatly. And half the people's lives he impacted, they have never known this man a day in their life. But God has created us all to be impacted. You have people in your circle of influence that you can impact more so than Kobe Bryant impacted them by the mamba mentality. You can impact people in your circles of influence. And you know how you do that? Do everything that you do, as unto the Lord, and He'll get the glory. Yes. Amen. He'll get the glory. My thing is, when I leave this earth, I want to be like the Apostle Paul. I was like a drink offering poured out. If you leave the contents inside that container, they mildew they spoil. I want to be poured out. What you holding on to the wine for? What you holding on to the oil for that God has given you so richly? Allow him to work through you. Surrender your life and your heart to him and say, God, whatever you say, do, I'm willing to do, God. I know I've tried things in the past and they didn't work out, God. but help me to see where the error of my ways were so that I can I I can fix some things. I can I I can align some things and I can I can depend on you to do in me what you want to do through me. God. That's the Christian life. Let's stop playing with it. Amen. Listen, for the next few moments, this is what I want you to do. I want you to evaluate your life, and I know some of y'all saying, oh, it's going to take a while, but for the next few moments, we're going to get started, okay? What are the things within you that you know you need to put off? You know it's weighing you down. It's like that winter coat in Texas when it's cold in the morning and hot in the evening. And you go to school, your mama bundle you up in the morning. and By the time you get home from school, you, you it's wrapped around your waist or something like that. It's just weighing you down. You, wish you lost that jacket a couple of times. What in your life that you have on that you need to take off? Maybe it was in your life for a season. And it's not necessarily sin, but God is saying, take it off now. Because I'm trying to do a new thing on you, and you're still wearing your old clothes. Evaluate that for the next few moments. Begin to hand those things to God. Right now in your heart. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.